0: He Descend, descends like a dove and, and baptizes fire. He comforts, guides, and corrects. He is the spirit of life, the essence of truth, the voice of God. And when you are alone, lost, and afraid, he will carry you home. the Bible mentions the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in Scripture. In fact, the Spirit of God is mentioned in the very second verse of the entire Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This word that's translated as spirit in the Old Testament is the word ruach. Very literally, it means a wind or a breath, but not a normal breath. It means a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. The Holy Spirit comes with power. In the New Testament, the Greek word that's translated as spirit is the word pneuma. It means a wind, a current of air, a blast of breath. In the Old Testament times, the Spirit of God would actually descend upon people and then it would often depart. You can read very clearly that the Spirit of God was with Saul and then would leave Saul. The same with David. When David sinned against God with Bathsheba, he cried out to God, please don't Take your spirit from me. In the New Testament, though, once Jesus left, he sent us his Holy Spirit. And for those who are believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit will never, ever leave us nor forsake us. In the New Testament, you can see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. You can see the Holy Spirit falling on the people of God at Pentecost, empowering them to speak and other tongues and do all sorts of miraculous works. You see the Holy Spirit empowering people with spiritual gifts to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. And you see the Holy Spirit giving people the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So many people live a spirit-less life when God wants you to live a spirit-filled and spirit-powered life. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bibles today. Let's open them up to John in the New Testament, John chapter 14. Today we're starting the new series called The Ghost as we look at the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you all, but when I was growing up, whenever I heard about the Holy Ghost, that kind of weirded me out. I understood God the Father. Makes sense. I have a father. God the Son, Jesus. I've seen pictures of Jesus, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus picture. Then there was the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, and that just seemed really weird to me. I couldn't understand it. I didn't know what that was about. In fact, whenever I heard about a church that was way into the Holy Ghost, they were usually weird, according to my opinion. It would be people with buns and, you know, their hair up and tambourines everywhere and people speaking in you know, weird language, and that just seemed very foreign, something I didn't understand. And so if they had the Holy Ghost, that seemed very, very unusual. And weird to me which i think a lot of people have possibly had similar experiences which really has led in my opinion to a pendulum swing when it comes to the holy spirit in all sorts of ministries there would be some where the pendulum swings to what i would call an overemphasis, and other places there would be what i would call a gross under when it comes to the holy ghost there's some that would actually overemphasize the holy ghost everything is The Holy Ghost, the Holy, Holy Ghost come, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And if something odd happens, like maybe just a Bible would fall off a ledge, they might say, I bind you, demon of Bible falling, Holy Ghost, get those demons out of here. And there's just a, there's an overemphasis, everything, 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 Holy Ghost. But what's probably a far more common problem is an underemphasis. We understand God the Father, and then there's God the Son, and then there's that other guy. The one we don't talk about, kind of like our weird cousin Eddie that no one brings up at, at family meals. It's, it's I, don't, I don't understand that. I, I know there's a, the Trinity and all, and I know there's a Holy Spirit, but when you think about Holy Spirit, it's usually for those weird people over there and not us. Overemphasis or underemphasis. What we'd like to do in the next few weeks is to get, get a biblical understanding of who exactly is the Holy Spirit and what role does he play in the lives of believers. So we're gonna start in John chapter 14 and we're gonna look at some of the words of Jesus today to build a foundational understanding and I pray within the next few weeks that we would all grow to know even more intimately the presence of God and his power through his Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 will start in verse 16, the words of Jesus, as he was comforting his disciples, explaining that he was going to go away, build mansions for them in heaven, but he was going to send someone that would be even better than him. And he said this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Could everybody say counselor? He will give you another counselor to be with you, not for a little while, but he will be with you forever. Who is this counselor? Verse 17 shows us the counselor is the Holy Spirit. He calls the counselor the Spirit of Truth. Then scripture says, and this really relates to me as a child, the world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him, which is kind of where I was. I was skeptical. I don't understand that whole spirit thing, Holy Ghost thing. I didn't know him, couldn't see him, therefore did not accept him. But Jesus goes on to say, but you know him, for he lives with you. And then here's his promise, and his promise is, and he will be in you. The counselor, the Holy Spirit. You know him, and he will be in you and with you. Now, what's interesting to me is, first of all, the Holy Spirit's not an it, Sometimes people say, well, it's leading me to do something. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as him. It is the third person of God in the Trinity. It's very literally God in spirit form. And so when you read about the Holy Spirit in Scripture, you find that you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. You you see that the Spirit as God in spirit form has emotions. The Bible says the Holy Spirit loves you, and Jesus is going to say, I'm going to go away and send the Spirit to be within you, and he calls him a counselor, which comes from the Greek word parakletos, or the root word is the word paraklete. It comes from two words, para, which means alongside of, like paralegal, to come alongside, or parachurch, not a church, but to come alongside the church. And kletos comes from the Greek word kaleo, which we've studied before. It means called. Very literally, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is the one who is called alongside of or to be inside of the believer in Jesus. Who is the paracletos? If you're looking in your notes, very literally this word can be translated as an intercessor. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is one who intercedes or prays for you. He is also your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your advocate before God. He is your comforter. He is your helper, the parakletos, God in spirit form who is called alongside of you or inside of you to be your comforter, to be your counselor, to be your intercessor, to be your helper, very literally, to be your friend. Now. When I think about a choice between Jesus in the flesh or the Holy Spirit, my first thought is I'm going to take Jesus with me. I mean, Imagine this. Imagine if Jesus were walking along in physical form on the earth today. How cool would that be? I mean, you think about it. You get a headache. You're like, Jesus, my head hurts. Poof! <laughs> your head doesn't hurt anymore. I mean, that's cool. He could do that. Your, uh, your dog gets run over by a car and is killed like Jesus Fido's dead, and Jesus goes, Fido, live, and Fido lives and barks and runs off. It's awesome. Your cat gets run over by a car, and Jesus on the spot can do the funeral right there. <laughs> Bury that cat. Uh, you you uh, just joking. You um let, let's say all you have is, is a bag full of Cheetos and a half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you got all these people to feed. Jesus looks at him and goes, poof, and all of a sudden you got. Cheetos for everybody, you got peanut butter and jelly for everybody. He can do Jesus in the flesh, that seems like the best thing ever. But Jesus is going to show us that there's actually something that's better for us than him in the flesh. It's an amazing promise. And he says it this way in John 16, verse 7. He says, It's actually best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the paracletos the helper the intercessor the counselor the advocate the comforter the Holy Spirit the counselor won't come if I do go away he will come because I will send him to you it's actually best for you Jesus says if I'm not here but instead the Holy Spirit comes who will dwell within you and will never leave you or forsake you God's Presence. Amazing. What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, this week we'll look at what the Holy Spirit does within the believer. Next week I want to show you the power of the Holy Spirit to equip you to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. The Holy Spirit, He gives you spiritual gifts, the gift of faith. The gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift gift of wisdom, the gift of speaking in other tongues. The the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual fruit. Whenever the world is going crazy, you can still have the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But when you look today at Christians around the world, what you so often see are believers in Jesus, but people who look no different from the rest of the world. They're still bound in prison to the same sins as other people. You see Christians whose prayer lives are basically flat. You see people who are afraid and struggling and gripped by fear and worry and anxiety. We believe in Jesus, yet our lives have no real power. Why is that? Because so many people today are living what I would call a spiritless life. When God wants His children to live a spirit filled, spirit empowered, spirit led, and spirit equipped life of victory to please God the Father. Why is it that so many people today are living a spiritless life? There are many reasons, but we want to just look at two briefly. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Some people aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. Many of you, you may say, you know, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I don't really know what he does. You know, it's kind of kind of like I was as a kid. That's kind of weird, you know. I, yeah, I know there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but I'm really, that's I, I just know, and that's about, about it, the extent of it. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, a really interesting story that relates. Scripture says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, these were believers in Jesus, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Obviously, these people were not at Pentecost when the Spirit came. They were baptized by John the Baptist, if you read on. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they answered, no. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. We heard about Jesus. We knew John the Baptist. But who's the Holy Spirit? We don't know anything about him. And there are many of you that would be in a very similar place. We've heard about him, but it's about it. Or or who who is the Holy Spirit? I I don't understand anything about him. There is a whole nother world of power available to the believers through God the Holy Spirit. A lot of people just don't know about it. It's a little bit about like my traveling. I've traveled for years, but I've never purchased a first class ticket. It's just not my style, But I've traveled so much this year, I've got status on a couple of airlines, that I'm getting bumped up to first class almost every time. And when I fly internationally, uh, this year a couple of uh, the conferences that I went to, they purchased for me a business class ticket so I could rest better and get off the plane after 20 hours and preach nine times in a matter of a few days. And, And they did that to be a blessing to me. I gotta be honest with you, although I've never done that before this year, I gotta tell you, there are two types of people. There's me, the common type, that always gets on those big planes and turns right. And you go to the back of the plane where the cheap seats are. Then there are some people who they, for years, have been turning left. There's a little curtain, a little drape they pull. I, I've never known what's on the other side of the curtain. But they turn left, and they go into this upper class area, and then they pull the curtain to keep us common folks out. Okay. I, for 40 years, I've sat in the cheap seat, so you sit back there like this, and there's like someone right in front of you and for 20 hours you're on this plane well because someone else paid I got to go on the other side of the drapes And I got to tell you it's not bad up there (laughs) it's not they 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 they, they, back back here they're not as nice to you up here they call you sir back here they call you shut up and get back to your seat Uh, up here Honest to goodness, some of you you've never done this like I haven't before this year, they've got seats. they turn into beds. I'm not lying. They turn into beds. They lay out and you can stretch out. They bring you, they bring you your drinks in a glass, like a real glass. You can have anything you want any anytime, and they bring them to you. They brought you in the, in the cheap seats, they give you pretzels in a little bag, up in the expensive seats. They give you warm nuts. <laughs> warm nuts. My whole life, I have never wanted warm nuts. And I stand by that comment until I die. <laughs> I promise you I stand by that comment. I've never thought about microwaving nuts. And they, I feel like I'm in an awkward moment right now. Let's get this. <laughs> I, uh, anyway, it, they, they, whoever thought of, they give you warm washcloths too. You can towel off your forehead. They give you, in, on the other side of the drapes, they on one flight, I got pajamas. Honest to goodness. And they gave me little booties for my feet. Booties, little booties for my feet so they'll be comfortable while I'm laying down in this bed. You get off and they've got these little um, lounges. I never knew that. I'd walk right by these lounges forever. I never knew it. I I was in one in London. Honest to goodness, I went in this lounge and they give you free haircuts and massages. I'm not lying. Some of you think I'm lying. I'm not lying. (laughs) Little person did this to my shoulder for 10 minutes for free. On the other side of the curtain, there's a life I knew nothing of. Christians all over the world, they're going through life without this power, without this victory, without this strength. And on the other side, there is is a spiritual power from God in heaven that is greater than you could ever imagine. The very, check this out, the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is available to any believer. He will fill you, direct you, comfort you, guide you, counsel you, convict you, empower you, and is available. And so many people are living a spirit-less life because they are unaware of the power and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Why are so many people living a spirit-less life? Many are just simply unaware. Second, if you're taking notes, some people are simply resisting the Holy Spirit. That would be many of you. The Holy Spirit is prompted you, if you're a believer, has led you to do something, and you've got to say, I uh, don't want to do that. Many of you, you've been going about and you're about to do something that's not right, and the Holy Spirit convicts you, don't do that, that's the wrong thing. You're like, but I want to, and so you push the Holy Spirit away. Sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something good, to give something, to bless someone else, and you push that away and say, I don't want to do that, and you've resisted the Holy Spirit for so long that your heart has become hardened to the gentle promptings of the Spirit of God. Stephen, in in the New Testament, very young and and courageous, bold believer, was given the Sanhedrin, the religious people, a good chewing right before they stoned him to death. And this is what he said to them. He he said this in in Acts 7.51. He said, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, that's a... That's a big cut down, he says. Then he says, You're just like your fathers. You always do what? Say it aloud. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit. Some of you may say, Well, I'm not really sure the Holy Spirit prompts me or, or moves me or speaks to me. It could be that you've resisted the Holy Spirit so often your hearts have become hard. I um I've learned through failures to try very hard not to resist when I feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting me. Sometimes people say, Craig, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit prompting you versus your own thoughts? Well, because I'm selfish in nature, if there's something that benefits me, I tend to think that's probably me, my own thoughts. If there's something that doesn't benefit me and benefits others and might bring glory to God, I just make an assumption that's the Holy Spirit. If I'm being convicted not to do something that I really know is wrong, I assume that's the Holy Spirit. If I'm feeling led to do something that's gonna be a blessing to others, I just assume that's the Holy Spirit. If it's not, and I do something good, then the worst thing that happened was, I did something good. And so if it's a blessing to others, I just tend to assume, work under the assumption, that's the Holy Spirit ministering to me to do something unto others. A good example is, uh, recently I've got a friend who lost his job and his wife was leaving him. And I was in another time zone, and we hadn't spoken for a few weeks, and all of a sudden, I had this incredible burden, uh, spiritual burden that I needed to call my friend. And I looked at the time, and I did the calculation. and said, okay, in where he is now, it's 15 minutes to midnight. And I felt this burden to call him and I said, I I can't call him, it's too late, I'll wake him up, I I just, I can't do this. And the burden just continued and I started to resist what I thought was the Holy Spirit and finally I said, no, I've learned through failures, I just need to call this guy. And so I dialed the phone and at a quarter of midnight, he picked up the phone and he said, is this Pastor Craig? I was like, how'd you know? He said, I've got caller ID. I said, oh. And He said, Why are you calling me this late at night? And all of a sudden I thought, man, this was I shouldn't have done this. I said, I'm so sorry. I just felt like I should call you. And he said, Why are you calling me now? And I I just was honest with him. I said, I just I, I was overwhelmed with this feeling that God wanted me to call you. And he asked me again, he said, but why now? Why at this moment? And suddenly his voice started to break, and I could I could hear him crying, and he just said, Why now? I can't believe that you're calling me now. Well, a week later, he told me the truth, that he was sitting there right when his phone rang with a loaded gun, thinking about taking his own life. That my friends, is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not something that I can manufacture, that's not something that's human, that is the Spirit of God speaking into life, and I'm so thankful that I did not resist the Holy Spirit. That's what far too many people do. The Holy Spirit leads you not to do something, and you oh, I want to do that. The Holy Spirit prompts you to do something. I I, 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 I I, don't want to do that. And you resist the Holy Spirit. Well, you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, and your heart can become hardened. It's, it's a little bit like my wife, Amy. She, she wants to make out all the time, all the time, all the time. She always wants all to make out with me and stuff. And I resist her for a few days, but eventually I wear down. I give in to her, you know, and minister to her needs and such. And it's just something I do because I'm a good husband. But, you can, know, oh, okay, 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 I'm joking. I'm just, but imagine, if you would, that, that she's always doing that, and I always, always, always resist her. After a while, she's not going to push herself on me, and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not push himself on you if you resist him Long enough, your heart might grow so hard that you don't recognize the promptings of the Spirit of God. Why are so many people today living a spirit-less life? Some aren't aware. Others have become very skilled at resisting the Holy Spirit. So for the next few minutes, what I want to talk about is the internal working of how the Holy Spirit can minister to us. And we'll briefly look at three different ways the Spirit will minister To us the first way if you're taking notes is this the Holy Spirit he will comfort you the Holy Spirit he is called a a comforter and he will comfort you when you are hurting here's what scripture says in John chapter 14 verse 16 the King James Version translates paracletus this way and I Jesus says will pray to the father and he will give you another what the Bible says he will give you another Say it again, he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. This is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing to me is there are those of you now at all of our campuses and in groups this size, there will be those of you going through something very difficult right now. And I can promise you that many of you at this moment, you will sense because he is here, You will sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even though you're hurting, you can sense His comfort. He can comfort you with a peace that goes beyond all human understanding. It is the comforting presence of God the Holy Spirit. I watched uh, my assistant. I've served with a gal named Sarah who's married to Steve. She's um, served with me for probably seven or eight years, and she was just a kid when she started out. She she was 25-ish. Steve was 26 or so, and when she was 26 years of age, Sarah was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I watched as this young couple with their whole life ahead of them went into this very traumatic, life-threatening battle. And she went through the whole double mastectomy thing, and and I watched. They weren't shaken at all. Couldn't believe it. They they weren't shaken at all. When it was all over, I asked them, tell me, how did you go through this without you showed no visible signs of struggling. They said, well, we actually never really did struggle. It was weird. They said, we just put scriptures up all over our house, and we, we just listened to worship music, and, and, and they said the Holy Spirit just comforted us every single day. That's, that's, that's an otherworldly peace in the middle of a trial, and God can do that for you through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can comfort you. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is the Holy Spirit can also counsel you. He is your counselor, or he is your, he is your guide. You don't know what to do, and he can direct you. Scripture says it this way in John 16, 13. Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. You may not know what to do, and, and so you just you start praying, and the Holy Spirit can give you direction. He can give you wisdom. He can give you discernment. It's a little bit like one time I did a uh, an interview with the national morning show thing, and instead of flying up there, they agreed to let me stay and and go into a studio. And so they hooked me up in front of a camera, and they put an earpiece into my ear so I could hear the producer talking the whole time. And the producer would say, "Okay, we got 30 seconds till a commercial. Keep your answer short." And so I blah 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 short. And they go five seconds to the commercial, and the announcer guy would take over, and then it go to commercial. I said, "Okay." And then I'd sit there and they'd say, okay, 30 seconds before we're live again. I'm okay, okay, we're ready. And they said, sit up straight, said, sit up straight, okay. They smile, five, four, and the whole time, this voice was leading me through the process, which is very similar to the way God can work in our lives through the constant presence of the Spirit. Those who are aware of the Spirit's presence and voice you can, you can go through a day knowing the Spirit is with you. I'll oh, reach out to that person. Uh, pray for that person right now. Uh, make this decision. Don't, do, don't say what you're about to say. That wouldn't please God. Say this, and it's a constant awareness of the Spirit of God guiding you. It's the Spirit-filled life. It's not walking by sight, but it's walking by faith that the Holy Spirit is with you and guiding you. He, he's your counselor. I love this picture in Isaiah uh, chapter 30, verse 21, which says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The voice of the Spirit. He will comfort you. He will counsel you. And the third thing is, he will convict you. He will convict you. John sixteen eight. When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In fact, even today, there are those of you, you're being convicted by the Spirit of God. There may be something in your life that's not as it should be, and all of a sudden you're feeling this sense of, I shouldn't do that. I haven't even mentioned what it is, but you're convicted. Why? That's the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting you. There are others of you that, that you're being drawn to God right now, and you don't know why. Maybe you're not even a church person or a, a Bible guy, but you're, you're, just, you're, you're drawn to God right now. That is the Holy Spirit convicting you of your need for God. Sometimes people will say, Craig, who was the person that God used the most to draw you toward God? And I say every time, the person that God used the most is unquestionably the person of the Holy Spirit because there was no physical person Witnessing to me. There was no physical person opening up scripture, but there was the person of the Holy Spirit convicting me of my sin. And I felt guilty and I needed, I, I felt this sincere need of cleansing. And I felt drawn supernaturally to open up the Bible, which I've never felt drawn to. And I read it and the Holy Spirit interpreted it for me. And I was drawn to the point of surrendering my life to God. And the beautiful thing is, there are those of you here today and you're under that conviction you're being drawn to God and you don't know why it's because the Holy Spirit is here and you have a choice you can surrender to him or you can fight him off but let me warn you don't fight him for long because your heart you do not want it to grow hard to the gentle voice and love and wooing of the spirit of God that will draw you to himself God the Father loves you so much he sent God the Son, Jesus, who lived the sinless life, died and rose again so you could know him, be empowered by him through his Holy Spirit to live a life that would honor and please and glorify God. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work that goes beyond any words of explanation that I have, that your Holy Spirit would be present he is present we acknowledge him and we ask him to do a work in our hearts that only he could do as you're praying today at all of our campuses uh, some of you you're going to recognize right now that you're doing life pretty much apart from the spirit of god you you may be a believer in jesus you 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 go to church you know the spiritual stuff but you look at your at your life and you say i don't see spiritual power i don't see victory I don't see all the fruits of the Spirit. I, I really, I, I believe in this stuff, but I don't see it. I want a more Spirit-filled life. Would you raise your hands right now? If that's you, all of our campuses, just, just be bold. Lift up your hands high. Man, fantastic, hands going up everywhere. There's more of you. Just, just get over your pride. And just lift up your hands and say, yeah, me too. Count me in. I want more. If there's more of God, I want it. God, I thank you for the spiritual hunger of this church, and I pray, God. That you would fill us with your holy spirit, God, I pray that in in the weeks to come as we seek you as we get to know you, God, that we would be totally filled with your spirit, that we would know your presence, God, that we would be aware of your of your guidance and your comfort, that we would experience your power with us God, your your, your promptings God, that your helping us, and you're praying for us. And God, I pray that we would not go through this life by our own power and struggling, God, but we would know the supernatural power and the presence of your Spirit. Fill us, oh God, with your Holy Spirit, that we could live a life that would bring glory and honor to you. We believe, God, you're doing that, and we thank you for how it will impact our lives for your glory. As you keep praying today, nobody looking around, and uh, here's the beautiful thing right now, is the Holy Spirit is moving and drawing some of you toward God right now. Many of you, you, you're like I was, you kind of, you grew up knowing the story of Jesus and thought you were a believer because you, you, you know, you believe that story, but you look at your life, and really there's no evidence you've ever surrendered to Christ, and you know it right now. You know it. What's happening? You're being convicted by the Holy Spirit, that you believe in God, but you live as if he does not exist. He is not impacting your life daily. He is not truly the Lord of your life. You see it. You're here because of it. The Holy Spirit is working in you. Others of you, you're not a church person, and, and strangely, you're drawn to God. Strangely, you're, you're aware of your need for him. Strangely, you, you feel under the burden of your guilt for your sins. And, 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 and what do you do with that? Well, God is drawing and you. you've got a choice. You can resist it. Or you can surrender to it. And I pray to God, you surrender to the promptings of the Holy Spirit today, drawing you to God, revealing to you the truth that you cannot save yourself. Your good works will never be good enough. It's only by the grace of God, through his son Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, that you can be made right with God. And you are convict- You are under conviction today that you need God. God the Father, through His Son Jesus, drawn by the Holy Spirit, call on His name today. I need you, Jesus. Save me from my sins. I need you, Spirit. Empower me to live a life. I need you, Father, reveal who you are to me through your son and by your spirit. At all of our campuses, there are those of you who are under the conviction of the Spirit of God right now. You know that you need Him. You need all of Him. You need more of Him, and you're calling on Him now. Jesus, save me and transform me. That's your prayer today. Would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up now, all over the place. Lift them up. Leave them up. Li- leave them up. And I just want to acknowledge you here, here, and here. I want to look you in the eyes right over here and here and here. Both of you here, back in this middle section one two three four five six seven of you hands up high right back over here both of you together others of you today right over here praise god for you right over here as well right back over here you're under the conviction of the holy spirit lift it up right here here in the back section right up here as well right over there others of you today right up here close to me there are more of you you're under the can right back there you're resisting surrender to the spirit now lift up right back over there say yes jesus right over here sir right back here i want to know you Right back over here as well. Sir, right back here, way back here in the back. Right back over here. Holy Spirit, keeps speaking to us. Right back over here. Others of you, now. Jesus, I surrender. Right back here and right up here as well. Right back over here. Holy Spirit, move freely. Two hands up here. Right back there, right here as well. Others of you today. All right over here. Others of you today. Convict us, O God, of our need for you. Convict us, O God, of our need for you. Everybody pray together in this holy moment. Pray, Heavenly Father. Save me from all of my sins. I call on Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me so I could live a life that would honor God. Thank you for new life. Now you take all of mine. I belong to you. I am yours. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, if you don't go crazy, you don't belong here, thank God for who he is and what he has done. Oh, man.